0: And today, we're going to be talking about managing chronic stress and burnout symptoms as I am joined by Orlando-based clinical pharmacist, Holly Sturgeon. She is a clinical pharmacist, a burnout recovery guide, and an author with over a decade of experience with helping her patients manage chronic stress and burnout symptoms. So Holly, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. I am a clinical pharmacist, like you said. Um, that's a little different than your community pharmacist. So you're not going to find me in a Walmart or a CVS uh, where you'll find a clinical pharmacist is in your hospitals. Um, all hospitals have a pharmacist. Um And it's not that we're there to give out medicine or uh, fill prescriptions while we're there. We are there as a resource for your doctors, for your nurses. So uh, when your doctor has a question, uh, if they want us to go ahead and figure out uh, what's going on with your medication, if they want something fine-tuned, that's what they're there for. So slightly different take on... um, your usual pharmacist, but that's what I do when I'm at the hospital. When I'm not at the hospital, I am helping people find their way uh, through their journey of burnout um, from wherever location they happen to be at or whatever stage they happen to be at in their journey. I kind of guide them forward through until they're at baseline.
0: So tell us what a burnout recovery guide is and tell us how you actually got started in being a burnout recovery guide.
1: I'd love to do that. Okay. So a burnout recovery guide, basically I've been there. I, um, went through the process when I went through my own burnout, uh, in early 2013, um, there really weren't a lot of burnout recovery guides. And so um, I was pretty much on my own at that point, figuring out how to get from where I was to where I needed to be. And so I started looking at recovery programs, at um, addiction programs, and um, anything that would give me some kind of a step forward and when it really started to gel for me was when I found the concept that you cannot recover until you know what you're recovering from and for me that was a big light bulb moment because I thought okay I need to figure out what exactly it is that's driving this. It's not just some vague burnout. There's something more involved. And so I started really digging deep into what the areas of friction were for me. Because friction builds heat, heat builds fire and burnout, right? And what I discovered was there were certain areas in my work life that well, it was a toxic work environment, a very toxic work environment. And when I got down to it, there were certain pieces that were driving that toxic area for me. The way that people treated each other was one of them. The way that um, there was some discrimination, that was one of them. And um, so I started looking at the pieces that were the problem. And I looked at what can I fix and what can't I fix? And I started working on the stuff I could fix and um, that's how I started getting through my burnout, and that's one of the first, or that is the first step, that determining your uh, friction points is, is the first step in my five-step process, uh, determining your friction points, then deciding with these friction points, is this something that I can live with? Is this something that I can slowly fix? Or is this something that I can't fix? And for me, I started with the trying to fix it process. And I was able to get a couple things. But ultimately, it did come down to the point where there was stuff that I could not fix. And so I had to make a choice to step back and start again with a different job. Now, when I did that, it let me know what the problem spots were that I needed to look for the next time around. So when I was being interviewed and when I was interviewing new employers, I was able to say, okay, what about this area? Is this an area where I'm going to be successful? One of my friction areas was there was no room for growth. So my next job coming forward, one of the questions I asked in my interviews was, is there room for growth? And so I was able to put preventative measures in place going forward. Um, So that became my step three that I teach people. um, Make your choices, set your uh, support things in place. So if you're leaving, make sure that you're setting your support system in place for the next job. If you're not leaving and you know where your friction points are, start working on them, make a plan. That's step four, start working your plan. And then eventually you go back and you take a look at, Hey, how did my plan work? Does it need revision? Does it not need revision? So there's your five steps. You learn what it is that your friction uh, points are. You choose whether with those friction points, you're going to stay with the job that you are uh, currently have, or if you're going to move on to something else. Once you've made that choice, you make your goals, you work your goals, that's number four, and then you revise or you move on to the next goal. That's step five. And that's the five-step process that I use to walk my patients through their burnouts. And I actually started working with people uh with their burnout during 2022, when all of the my co-workers, my hospital co-workers and I were basically living at the hospitals uh, because we didn't want to bring uh, COVID home with us. And while well, we had enough patients coming in constantly that even if we had gone home, we would have gotten called back in. So we were as a group just really managing our burnout and our stress to the best of our abilities and um, I had a coworker come to me in the pharmacy and say hey Holly I need something for sleep I'm not really sleeping and I need it to be something that isn't going to leave me so groggy that I'm unable to um, wake up and help somebody if we have an emergency come in in the emergency room so um We started talking, all pharmacists ask questions, it's just what we do, why aren't you sleeping, what medications are you taking, do you have any disease states that you might have, and the more we started talking, the more it came out that the reason he wasn't uh, sleeping was of course that he was burned out, and that really is one of the main um, symptoms of burnout is this bone-weary exhaustion that you cannot get enough sleep. Um, so we started talking about what was going on with him and just like I did, we went through his friction points and we also looked at what was supporting him, what was working. So we looked at what was working that became supportive measures, what wasn't working. And we kind of drilled down to find what those things that weren't working are And then we used the two to create a plan for him so that he could start working forward. He could work on the friction points, see what he could reduce, and um, use those supportive areas to kind of help him along with that. And then the following day, (laughs) um, two more people came to me and said, Hey, Holly you did this for this guy. Can you walk us through our process as well? And the next day, there were two more. And the day after that, there were three more. And we kind of as a group came together and figured out everybody's burnout recovery plan. And that's how I got started.
0: Well, explain to people what burnout actually is and how it's different than regular stress.
1: Okay. Regular stress would be um, your body's response to something, um, well, stressful. So say you see a spider or even um, something uh, that agitates you on television, anything that would cause your body to release cortisol, the hormone hormone cortisol. Sorry about that. The stress hormone cortisol, uh, which is your fight or flight response and your heart starts to race and um, your body dumps a bunch of glucose into your system and you're ready to fight or run away. Um, Think of it as uh, your body needing to swerve out of the way if something came at you quickly, that would be regular stress. Now, burnout, on the other hand, is chronic stress. And so it's constant, ongoing stress. Think of it as if you took your car and you put it up on blocks and you ran your engine constantly on high rev for months at a time. And that kind of um, wear and tear that you would get on your car is the same kind of wear and tear that you get on your body because it never reduces the level of cortisol in your system. It just maintains. And at some point, when you move from burnout to clinical burnout, you've put so much wear and tear on your system that you're actually starting to do damage to your um, organs and to your brain chemistry. And we start to see things like, um, well, a lot of times we start by seeing it as GI. We'll see, you know, stomach problems, people get a lot of stomach acid, and we see I'm not sleeping well, and then we start seeing heart disease, and we start seeing diabetes. Um, and then from the mental perspective, we start seeing things like depression and PTSD symptoms. And it's all that chemical, that constant level of cortisol chemical that's causing that.
0: So, are there different stages of burnout? But because you talked about the five steps to deal with burnout, but, but are there different different stages? And if there are, can you describe them?
1: There are different stages. Um, there's the pre-burnout stage where you're you're stressed, but you're reducing that cortisol level again, so that um, it's not constant. So maybe you had a super stressful day, but you were able to release it in the evening. That would be pre-burnout. There is the pre-clinical burnout where, yes, it's constant stress, but it hasn't gotten so bad that it's starting to actually damage body systems yet. So you're still managing it. And then there's clinical burnout where you are starting to see some damage and we're starting to see some disease states develop.
0: Well, for for those who who might feel like they're burnt out and they want to determine if they are burnt out, give people some tips and tell them how they can know whether they're getting to that point or if they're actually burnt out.
1: Okay. One of the biggest red flags is your exhaustion level. Are you sleepy? Are you exhausted? Or are you so bone weary that you cannot Move through the day without feeling like you're dragging yourself through. Where is your exhaustion level? That is one of the three key dimensions of classic burnout. Um, Where we see another key dimension is how are you feeling about your effectiveness, your ability to accomplish tasks? If you still feel like you're pretty effective at doing your job, if you're able to um, feel a sense of power, and empowerment, then you're probably not burned out, but you're headed that way. If you're at a point where you feel trapped and ineffective and powerless, you're probably headed to burnout. And then lastly, um, and this is a kind of a psychological protective mechanism from the other two, you might start feeling detached from your job or really cynical. Like um, the human brain is hardwired to look for a why to find meaning in what they're doing and so if you feel like you're chasing your tail or spinning your wheels there's not a lot of meaning in that and your brain will disengage or the other option is you start looking at the people around you going why are you so screwed up (laughs) that cynicism um, kicks in as a protection mechanism for your brain and so those are the three big key dimensions to burnout that if you're experiencing particularly all three of those you're burned out you're not even in the pre-burnout stages anymore you're burned out if you've got physical um responses in the way of like stomach acid or insomnia or you're starting to feel depressed you're headed into clinical burnout
0: well what is the number one complaint that people who experience burnout have, and what do you recommend that, that, that would help them?
1: The number one complaint that people, um, so the burners, burnout sufferers have um, is exhaustion. They just, what I hear all the time is I am too burned out to work on my burnout. And everybody knows if you don't start working on it, you're not going to fix it, but they're just too tired. And here's what's going to surprise you. The fastest way to start recovering from burnout is to play. Science has showed us that when you play, the chemicals in your brain send out um, or the chemicals that your brain sends out are opposite to cortisol so your body starts to flush that cortisol out and if it's a cooperative game in particular you get a faster response to that and so you actually start getting rid of all that toxic chemical that's built up in you play go play which is silly but it's great right
0: well some people actually believe that burnout is is a myth what, what what would you say to those who felt like, oh, there's no such thing as burnout?
1: Um, to the people that say there's no such thing as burnout, I point out that uh, Freudenberger in 1974 was the first one to actually give burnout a name. So we've been studying this phenomenon since 1974. It's been around for quite a while. And it's not just in the United States. In Japan, they actually have a word for it. There is a word that means dying from overwork. It's called Kiroshi. And so it's a global phenomenon. We've known about it since 1974. And the frustrating thing is there has been so much controversy around it. That the World Health Organization did not add it to the International Classification of Diseases until 2019. That's how long we've been debating, is this a real thing? And all the while, we've got people developing disease states and actually dying from it.
0: Some people actually say resilience is a cure to burnout, but you you actually cringe when people tell you that. Why is that?
1: Um, Resilience is fantastic. If you're putting those resilience support mechanisms in place, things like yoga and diet and exercise and um, those resilience mechanisms in place while you're pre-burnout or even early stage burnout, It's going to help you, but it is not going to cure you because those resilience mechanisms have nothing to do with the effect on your cortisol levels. And what we need to do is get that cortisol level down so that it's not building up and creating damage in the system. So resilience isn't going to get you there. It is not a cure if you are burned out.
0: Tell everybody about your book. To tell us the name of it, tell us what listeners can expect when they read it and tell us how can we pick it up.
1: Ah, okay. A uh, book is called escape the workplace, or excuse me, escape the quicksand of workplace burnout, your five-step stress recovery guide. And that's basically what you're going to get is the five steps. It'll walk you through it. Um, it, We were hoping it would be coming out in November, but Hurricane Ian kind of hit us a little hard. So it set us back a smidge. It'll probably be out at the end of the year Um, and exciting stuff. We've actually started really leaning into the science of play and um, I've gamified my five-step process. I worked with some game designers to gamify it so that it's actually fun and we can start using that cortisol washout um, to help with the process. So we're pretty super excited about that. So by the time the book comes out, we'll also have the game going as well. And that's pretty great. And we expect all of that to happen at the end of the year. (laughs) You can find all of that on my website. Excuse me. Um, BurnoutDrHolly.com.
0: Okay, so besides the game and the book, what other projects are you working on that people need to know about?
1: Um, additional projects. We, uh, I've started uh, creating a course so that when I'm not available one-on-one, people still have access to the information in a timely and useful manner. And that information is on my website as well.
0: Okay, Well, give out your website and and, and any social media once again so people can keep in touch with
1: you. Okay. My website is burnoutdrholly.com. Social media, it's pretty much all burnoutdrholly.com. Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) um, Pinterest. (laughs) You can pretty much find me almost anywhere at burnoutdrholly.com.
0: Close us out with some final thoughts, maybe something that I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about, or just any final thoughts that you have for the listeners.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, One thing that I really wanted to make sure that your listeners had was something tangible that they could hold in their hands and find really useful. So I have set up a quiz to determine which of your personality traits is making you vulnerable to burnout. And you can find that at burnoutdrholly.com forward slash personality quiz. It takes about a minute is all to do the quiz. And then the computer pulls your uh, unique answers in, runs it through a matrix and spits out like a nine page report. For you, not just about what the personality trait is, but where some pitfalls are, what the upsides to having it are, and some steps to get you started if you are currently burned out.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, burnout burnout burnoutdrholly.com. If you are somebody you know feeling burnout, follow rate review share this episode to as many people as possible so that way they can get some help for their burnout before it gets to a dangerous level dr sturgeon thank you so much for joining me today
1: well thanks for having me it was fun
0: for more information on the living the dream podcast visit www.djcurveball.com until next time stay focused on living the dream dream